This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. As we enter into a new year, we thought it might be helpful, appropriate, hard to know what the word is, to just think back over the last year and think through what are some books that we've we've read that either were were great reads, helpful reads, maybe just a mediocre read, maybe a huh, I'll never touch that book again in my life type of read, and just go through some of that because I think along the way it might give you some suggestions of things that you want to put on your to read list. So we're just going to talk about books today and specifically books that we have read for 2022. I know on my list, I have quite a few that I've reread in 2022 for whatever reason. So I'm throwing it out there. What do you got, gentlemen? Well, you know, I, I, I was thinking about a quotation before coming in here, and there was one by Charles Bridge. He wrote a book on Christian ministry uh, that was really important to me early in my life, and uh, one of the one of the quotations in his book is he's talking about the reading of a preacher, and he says the object of your studies should be neither celebrity, advantage, nor knowledge for its own sake, but furniture to enable you to serve God in your generation. And uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're not reading for just ourselves; we're reading beyond ourselves. We're reading in order to, uh, uh, you know, serve the Lord in our generation, serve the people that we're, we're ministering to. So there is a, he, he, would, uh, he would say it's uh, also far more easy to furnish your library than your own understanding. So there's, <laughs> you know, there, there are a number of books in my library that will be beneficial to me, but right not at the moment in terms of uh, how much I've delved into those. And I think all of us would say, and this is just just putting it out there for our listeners, most of the reading that we do in this room is in preparation for what we're going to preach. Mm -hmm. So a good chunk of our time is not in books that we are, quote unquote, wanting to read just for pleasure reading. We do a lot of our reading because of the work that we are doing week after week with pulpit ministry. And so... Probably, I think I can safely say the lion's share of most of our reading is is sermon prep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's that's safe. So then, outside of that, is what we're talking about. Yeah, I like to pick a few categories every year, like uh, a devotional, church history, philosophy, leadership, and spiritual health. Those are kind of my big categories. So, the devotionals I found super helpful this year. There was two of them: um, New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp. That's a daily devotional based on Lamentations three twenty, and then there's a reading for each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Gibson came out with a book, uh, Be Thou My Vision, which is a, a 31-day liturgical guide, so it provides structure for worship. There's a 
daily reading, a call to worship, adoration, confession, assurance. Uh, you get to read some of the creed and catechisms. So, that, and, and what he really does helpful. in that book is actually uh, it's helpful for a person at home that's leading their family yeah. in worship. This is not just something that uh, you're, you're taking to the pulpit with you, although it could be helpful that way. But this is something that you're able to lead a family through. So there are some structured prayers, yep. but you know. It gives us a language for prayer. It yeah. gives us a language to exalt God. It gives us, a, you know, so there's, and and the the little catechisms that are added. Just just to, it puts you in the dialogue with God. It puts you in the hearing from Him and speaking to Him dialogue. With and and that, the title of that book again, Vinny is, is uh, "Be Thou My Vision" by Jonathan Gibson. Yeah, great structure. If you've never or you're trying to establish a family worship rhythm in the new year, this mm-hmm. would be a great start for January. And I think if if you're unfamiliar with some of the Reformed tradition, it is helpful with having some of the the creeds and confessions embedded within it. Introduces you to them in not an academic way, but in a devo- devotional way. Yep. So I think that's also helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, call it devotional liturgy. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> One little tidbit about me is I'm a, a slow reader, so. You know, after sermon prep and things like that, I could give some good recommendations for some maybe commentaries on Titus and Ephesians that the Psalms that we're working through, but some of those things might, might bore you. But so at the end of the day, I, I struggle with reading like outside of that. But with that, I've enjoyed in my time as a guest host, you know, previously here on this program, the books that we've gone through and discussed, cause that's given me something. Okay. I need to read this and get through. So books on the church, I can't remember the title now, but the, what you believe or what do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you, do you, do you believe by, Paul, by Paul Tripp? Tripp. Yeah. yeah, That was a really helpful book that I thought, again, as we discussed that book, we recommended it to those getting into theology, just a bite, basic. Bite, bite size, you know, there's right. short chapters. That, and that, it yeah. gives a real practical application to it. So I just enjoyed that. Just real quickly that. on that, I um, read it when I we were going through it on the radio program and then thought, you know what, I wonder if this would work as an adult Sunday school class. Yeah. So we did that this fall where – we actually basically had 25 people every week that were reading the book and talk, coming and talking about the book. So I actually read it twice this year and nice. found the second time through that it was equally beneficial. And so yeah. I would still recommend that. And I think those that were in the adult Sunday school class, um, they raved about the book um, and found it extremely helpful. So this is not just pastors talking. The layperson in our church really felt that it was beneficial. Nice. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, that's okay. One, uh, an autobiography I read this year is uh, by, I forgot her name, so I looked her up, Lynn Wilder, Lynn K. Wilder. Uh, she wrote an autobiography called Unveiling Grace. She was very heavily involved in, she and her husband both, her whole family in the Mormon church. And she was a nearly tenured professor at BYU. Right. And as her youngest son went on mission in Florida, his communications became, you know, they don't have much contact while they're on mission, but his communication, what they did have, became very odd. And he would just tell her, just read your Bible. So it turned out he had, while he was on mission, challenged, tried to convert a, uh, a pastor in uh, Florida. And he just said, told this young man, just, hey, just read your New Testament, just read your Bible. So he started doing it, he and a friend. They became believers and Long story short, his parents became believers. His whole family became believers. Yeah, and, you know, interesting. I've re- I've actually read that book. Uh, <coughs> there's the son had written a book too. It's called mm-hmm. Passport to Heaven. Yeah, and uh, you know he had, you know of course uh, you know every 
a Mormon missionary had to get their passport to go somewhere else, and uh, he had had a he had had some health uh, problem. He was going to go out country, country, and he ended up going to Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, this is part of the providence of God. Uh, you sure. know, He puts uh, events and people in our lives, and and he happened to go down there. Of course, had all the arrogance of being called an, er- right. <laughs> an elder at you know twelve, and right. and then uh, you know, but. But as a result of meeting uh, some godly individuals who challenged him to understand what a true testimony about the revelation of God, which is special, right. uh, which is unique, and we found only in the scriptures that we don't add or subtract to, that was that was he had that turning point, and that was really interesting. Because as you said, mm-hmm. his his mother was a tenure, near tenured professor at BYU. Yeah, very she, successful. Yeah, she ended up. Her with, husband was high up in right, the Mormon Church, right. um, on nearly to their you know Council of Twelve type yeah. level. And, so it was you know in terms of biography, that very good, very good. To see the working of God in in an individual's life and also in the life of their family. And as a little side note, if you want resources for sharing the gospel with Mormons. It's uh, their children have a, they started a band back in mm-hmm. when they were with some friends down in Florida it's called Adams Road, but on their website they have a list of here's some tips of ministering to Mormons or here's some mm-hmm. tools. I actually read a couple of biographies that I found fascinating. One was a Hobbit, a wardrobe, and a Great War. It's not a biography as mm-hmm. much as it's it's about the friendship of C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and how that came out of their engagement, both of their involvement, they were both enlisted in World War One, and how World War One affected them, affected their writing, but then also affected their friendship. And I think if you have, are historically minded, you'll find the book to be a great read. If you're not as historically minded, probably just stick to their writings. But if you want to kind of know the, the backdrop behind what was shaping some of, of them, um, I found that to be a, a great read. And then I also picked up a, just a short little biography of, of, of R.C. Sproul. It's called Defender of the Reformed Faith by Nate Pickowitz. And it's not so much a biography of his life, but it's a biography of his thought. Mm-hmm. What shaped how he eventually became the galvanized beliefs of R.C. Sproul. So it's not, if you want a story or a biography of, of how, you know, what little R.C. was like, this is not the book. <laughs> but if you want a book that tells you, well, how did R.C. come to certain convictions, theological convictions, I found it to be an easy read, short read, and also just beneficial. Well, you mentioning R.C. Sproul, I think that everybody should at least have one book on their shelf by R.C. Sproul, and I would recommend his book, Everyone's a Theologian, yep. mm. um, just a systematic understanding of what the Bible teaches. And we actually need to have, we ne- actually need to have on our shelves, you know, books that lead us in areas that we haven't come to understanding. And, and you know, with with a with theology, here's a, a great place to start. Everyone's a Theologian by R.C. Sproul. I actually reread his book, Holiness of God, this last year, and mm. that was one of the first reform books I ever read. Mm. Myself so, included, yes. So I think I read that probably like 20 years ago, 20-some years ago for the first time, and I reread it again this year, and I re- remembered why I fell in love with mm. reform theology, but specifically why I fell in love with R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. Other books on your list? Uh one I really enjoyed, I, we picked it up just on 
we were vacationing and saw it in a store window actually, but it's a book by Ed Welch called A Small Book About a Big Problem. It's uh, 50 Meditations on Anger, Patience, and Peace. Mm. And I, I really enjoyed kind of the pastoral gospel application of wisdom from his counseling ministry to it mm-hmm. and the way he weaves, he moves from applying the gospel to anger and then into patience and then finally how to live in peace. And that was really helpful and really practical. So a uh, small book about a big problem, Meditations on Anger, Patience, and Peace by Ed Welch. There's actually four books in that series. Yes. Um, yep. And we did a, a short little segment on this show that worked through those four little books and I actually had the opportunity to be the point person. And so I did get a chance to not read them as well as I ought to, but I did get a chance to read through the four books yep. in that in that series, and I would I would commend them yep. to you. Mm-hmm. Anything else on your best of from last year? Yeah, uh, Carl Truman's Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. So he's got his big text, and then he wrote this as kind of a condensed layman's version of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's just super helpful. If you want to understand why culture is the way it is in 2022 going into 2023, this was super helpful just uh, examining philosophy and understanding uh, how we get into expressive individualism culturally. Give that title again. Uh, Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution by Carl Truman. This book you give to your church leaders or your small group leaders or even just family members. Real quickly, before we leave the air, I've read a book by Sinclair Ferguson. Every book that I've read by Sinclair Ferguson is so good, but I read his book, Lessons from the Upper Room, this year, Mm. and that is a short read, incredibly devotional and so helpful in the Christian walk, so I would also commend that. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We will see you tomorrow.